Greetings, everyone. This is Mind Redefined. I am your host, Scott Swanstrom. I have a special guest here today, Dr. Christine Caulfield. She is back with us again and is going to share some of her insight. The episode title today is Mental Health Awareness and Destigmatization Philosophy. And so Dr. Christine Caulfield has served as president and CEO of organizations providing integrated health services for children through seniors including a corporation that provides inpatient acute psychiatric care to seniors in crisis. She received her doctorate degree in clinical psychology from Florida Institute of Technology and completed her internship and postdoctoral residency at Harvard Medical School, where she specialized in geriatric neuropsychology. She is the chair of several organizations and has many publications out. She has appeared on CNN Nightly News, ABC Primetime, AP Press, and several national and international media. She currently is CEO of LSF Health Systems, the managing entity comprised of 60 behavioral health care organizations that span a 23-county region in Northeast Florida. Dr. Christine Caulfield, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Scott. A pleasure. Well, as we are introducing our conversation in regards to mental health awareness and that destigmatization philosophy, we're really wanting to level the playing field regarding our own mental health. And we want to pull back that curtain. And so a lot of the questions today are really going to be pertaining to that. But as always, we want to start with our introduction question. What is one thing you are celebrating today? Oh, Scott, well, it's a very important day in our nation's history. And I am celebrating the new president of the United States. He had his inauguration today. And so I think that we're moving in the right direction. And I think that Democrats typically really focus on helping those that are underserved. And so I'm very excited about the change and the new beginnings for our nation. Absolutely. All right. What would you say are the three greatest myths about mental health? And you can go beyond that if you want. Well, I think one myth is that mental illness is really a characterological issue, that people should just be able to snap out of it or pull themselves up by their bootstraps, so to speak. And there could be nothing farther from the truth. Mental illness is a brain disease, just like any other disease that we may be experiencing in our life. Diabetes, heart disease, cancer. So to think that somebody can just snap out of it or not have treatment to address those issues is really a myth. The good news is there is great treatment options for those that are living with a mental health challenge, great medications, state-of-the-art, as a matter of fact, and actually for depression, for example, antidepressants coupled with counseling is best practice to address depression and is a great tonic to be able to lift those symptoms and get people feeling better and free of those depressive symptomologies. A second myth is that individuals can't recover, that once you have a mental illness, there's no hope for you. You will continue to struggle. You will continue to suffer with symptoms. There's really nothing else to be done. And again, could not be farther from the truth. Recovery is possible. 
and individuals, many individuals that you may know in your circle of friends, certainly historical individuals have gone on to greatness and have suffered or struggled with mental health challenges. So again, recovery is possible. There is no need to have debilitating symptoms with the current medications that we have to offer, as well as counseling, best practice counseling for trauma, past traumas, for example, or cognitive behavioral therapy, all sorts of different types of therapies to address various types of illnesses, coupled again with medications, often are the key to individuals being able to be stabilized then and move on to live very healthy and productive lives. I think another myth is that individuals that live with mental illness are violent individuals. Again, could not be farther from the truth. In fact, individuals that struggle with mental health challenges are more often victimized by violent acts than creating or being the perpetrator of violent acts. So having a mental illness does not mean that one has violent tendencies or acts out with violent acts. Nothing could be farther from the truth. So what would you say to a family member who is seeing their loved one struggle with a mental illness then? I would definitely recommend to family members, loved ones that have an individual in their lives that have a mental illness to educate yourself on the mental illness. Educate yourself, for example, on bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Whatever your loved one is struggling with, educate yourself on the signs and symptoms. Educate yourself on the fact that this is a brain disease, that this is not something that the individual can help or pull themselves out of without treatment. Educate yourself that recovery is possible. And I can think of no other organization that best does that than NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness. NAMI has some wonderful free classes for family members. One is family to family. And these courses teach family members about signs and symptoms, about the different mental illnesses that many struggle with, and how to best support their loved ones. So if you haven't already, find out where your local NAMI chapter is and get involved. This is such an important conversation because we really do put mental health sort of on the sidelines of our own holistic health. We know that hospital systems include education for those who are struggling with various diseases, whether it's cancer or some other physical ailment. And so to provide that education for mental health illness really helps elevate it. It's a whole approach to the whole person. So I really appreciate that. Question number three is, is it common for individuals who live with mental illness to also struggle with substance use issues? 
It really is, Scott. In fact, uh, the literature supports that approximately 80% of individuals that live with a mental illness also use substances, whether that be alcohol, illicit, or prescription drugs. And many times it is because the individual is self-medicating. They are in pain with their mental illness, and so they start picking up a substance or alcohol to try to self-medicate, to try to ease the pain and suffering of the symptoms that they're enduring. And so, yes, co-occurring disorders, as they are referred to in the field, are very, very common, and that is individuals that have both a mental illness and a substance use disorder. So you're in the hope-giving business. How would you provide hope to someone who is struggling with a mental illness? Well, I always, always say recovery is possible. In fact, it's very probable. Again, with our excellent medications to treat the various mental illnesses today that have very little side effects as opposed to past medications, you know, 40, 50 years ago that really did have some debilitating effects. Today, we don't have those issues with our medications. And counseling, there's all types of different counselings, different best practice approaches to the various mental health disorders that, again, combined with medication and counseling, individuals not only can survive, but thrive. And so I always say, never give up hope. That's your illness talking to you. That's your illness saying that this is hopeless, that no one understands me, that no one can help me. That is a myth. That is not true. And it's so important to reach out when you are struggling, when you need that additional support. In fact, reaching out for help is a sign of strength. It's a sign of good mental health. So I just encourage everybody to know that recovery is possible. We have excellent providers in our system of care that stand ready to help 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I just encourage everybody, including family members, to get that help and support as you're going through the disease process with someone that you love. Thank you so much, Dr. Caulfield, for your time. We really appreciate your inspirational words and your expertise and really helping to level the playing field in regards to mental health. This is Scott Swanstrom with Mind Redefined, and thank you for listening. Thank you.